With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It was a lot, you know, to handle. I'll say it that way. <laughs> like, uh, y'all know me, man. I don't, I don't condone that kind of talk I don't talk that way my kids sure as heck will never talk that way you know and uh you know it's hard because I love the man so much you know what I mean like I have family members that have done things I've done things that I'm glad that I'm still loved you know and uh I think more than anything coach needs people to help him to love him you know uh um, in in whatever areas you know that we can but at the same time What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the man, right? Um, you know, and I, uh, and I hate, you know, uh, you know, you hate, you hate the sin, you know, like for me, you hate for anybody. No one's perfect. You know, if we just started opening up everybody's private emails and texts, you know, people would start sweating a little bit. You see what I'm saying? Uh, hopefully, hopefully not too many, you know. Uh, but maybe that's what they should do for all coaches and GMs and owners from now on is open up. You got to open up everything, you know, see what happens. Um, but uh, you hate, you hate the action. You hate it. Um, you're not supposed to like it, uh, but you love the person. And I love the person, you know, I've grew, I've grown to love him uh, so much, you know. Derek Carr yesterday talking about his former head coach, John Gruden. And I, like what he said, let's open it all up. Let's see. That's why I've been pushing so hard for the Washington emails, the rest of the 650000 to be released, full transparency with the Washington football team investigation. Because what we have now is this question of, was John Gruden the only one? Was everybody doing that? Is everybody this way? There are people out there. And if I'm Carl Nassib, if I'm a black player, I'm I'm like, uh, as we said earlier, who can I trust? Who do I know that when they say these things to me really mean it or just turning around and saying something else altogether or you know, creating these poisonous documents that get thrown around in cyberspace 
The only way to find out where the truth is between Gruden being the only one and Gruden being one of thousands is to see the 650,000 documents. Yeah. So I, I like that Derek Carr said that. I'd love to. And there are efforts underway to brainstorm legal strategies for forcing teams, not just the Washington football team. Right. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I can't take credit for it, but we've been saying, no, you can take credit for it. Hey folks. Yeah. Start thinking about ways that you can force the NFL to be transparent about these matters. Yeah. Because you're talking about issues of racial discrimination, discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, discrimination on who knows how other many bases. And there still isn't a lawsuit filed against the Washington football team by one of these former employees. I think if one of them sues for some type of discrimination or other wrongdoing, the 650,000 emails become fair game in discovery. That doesn't mean we're going to see them, but that moves it closer to seeing more of them. It may be that that the Gruden emails are the tip of the iceberg that justifies getting a look at the iceberg. There may be a way to take those Gruden emails and somewhere, somehow, in one of the cities where the NFL does business, from sea to shining sea, make the argument that there's enough in the tip of the iceberg to justify getting a look at the rest of the iceberg. So those efforts are underway. Brainstorming is happening, I can tell you that. People with more resources and time than me are looking into whether and to what extent there's a way to force the NFL to open up the emails, not just for the Washington football team, but for other teams as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, I hear it. You know, first off, you can take credit for that. I think you started that movement, no, no doubt about it. I mean, there, there's no doubt. So uh, it's kudos to you, and uh, it, it's a serious matter. I would be shocked. I would be shocked. Just let you know, uh, you know. Again, not to say that the whole league is is perfect or anything like that, but I, I would be shocked if just some of the coaches that I do know, and I know a lot of them, if there was this type of talk. You know, I I don't think anybody that knows Gruden is shocked that this is his kind of talk. Now, again, you know, like Derek Carr, I think he said a lot of great things. Yeah, he loves the man. He hates the sin. You know, when you play for a guy or work for a guy, sometimes you don't really get to know the whole man. So he only knows him from football, John Gruden. He doesn't know him like, hey, Bruce Allen, we're work and best buddies and we drink beers together and do all that kind of man. So that's where people need to separate that too. Not everybody gets it. It's not the way it works in football. Just because you work for the guy and play for the guy – you know, again, that's where I, I never heard Gruden say these things out loud. When I heard this come out in these reports, was I shocked to hear that that's the way he was talking? No, I was not shocked. I, I was not. But again, I do think there's like a separation there of this is work, John Gruden, and then this is casual, hey, you're my buddy, and we're going to have a beer, and this is how we talk, and that's what we came to find out. I would be shocked, especially with a lot of the new age coaches of the NFL right now. You know, whether it's Mike Tomlin, Shanahan, McVay, uh, Brandon Staley, whatever, I'd be shocked if we saw anything like that on any email at all. I would absolutely be shocked. Well, especially because you're talking about guys who grew up in a different time. Exactly, right. And Gruden allowed himself to be defined by the time that he grew up in. Anybody who grew up in the 70s heard a lot of stuff 
that kids growing up today don't hear. And that's the truth. Regardless of who you are, where you're from, what your race, creed, nationality, etc. In the 70s, you heard a lot of stuff as a kid. The question is, does that make you who you are as an adult? Or do you find other ways and other experiences and other thoughts and grow past that and use that as a way to say, okay, this I see how some people are. I see what some people say. That's not who I am, and that's not what I'm going to be. Uh, and with Gruden, you know, with Gruden, I was surprised by it, even though there's always been something about the guy that didn't sit well with me, and that's no shock to you. You know me well enough to know I felt that way about yeah, him, but I right. was still surprised by the, the poisonous language and the attitude that manifested themselves in those emails. You mentioned the new age coaches, though. Brandon Staley is one of them the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And there's a clip that's gone viral that has crossed over beyond football with him explaining in a way that I think strikes a chord with so many people about the right attitude that a football coach should have. Here's Brandon Staley from yesterday. You know, I think that respect and trust in this world are, are really, really difficult to achieve. And I think about all the people that were affected by those emails. Um, whether you're a person of color, whether you're a person, uh, you know, a gender, um, your sexual orientation, the people that were affected by those emails, that's who I'm thinking about, you know, because it's a sacred mantle for someone to call you coach or someone to call you a leader. Um, and trust is really, really hard to achieve in this world. It's really, really challenging to achieve. And especially with people with those groups that I just mentioned, all right? And people are really guarded, all right? And they're skeptical. Uh, of people because of emails like that. And I just think that, you know, kindness and lifting people up and respecting people you don't know. Um, I just think that, you know, that's such a big part of our thing here is listening to people and learning about people, because I think what you'll discover is that we have so much more in common than not. And I think that, um, you know, for someone like me, you know, it's just incumbent upon you to set the example every single day so that people, um, that were, you know, talked about in those emails that they don't need to feel that way. They shouldn't feel that way. And it's, you know, hopefully, you know, all of us can learn from this that it's about bringing people together for me uh, so that people can become, you know, the people that they dream about. And I think that, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, leading this football team and being someone, hopefully we can, you know, be a light for those people in those emails that not everybody's like that, 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 that there's far more people that will love you than, the opposite. And hopefully um, this will be a, a chance for everybody to come together. Great stuff from Brandon Staley. And to the extent that there are any players in the Chargers locker room wondering, you know, do I have a similar situation here where coach says one thing and does another? I don't think you have to worry about it. If you're a member of the LA Chargers, that's real. It's authentic. It comes through loud and clear and uh, well done by Brandon Staley and hopefully an example that other coaches will follow. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's top-notch. He really is top-notch football X's O's guy, top-notch person. That's all I've ever heard about him. And, I mean, he's right. You know, that's where I want to push back against, you know, social media and the Twitterverse. It's like, well, they took John Gruden's name out of the ring of honor, but what about this player who was a jerk or whatever? Okay, he was a jerk. I, I don't know. Yeah, he was a jerk, but I didn't, you know, and I know there's some other cases, but I didn't see, you know, some of this stuff or this language. And the coach is on a different standard. You know, the coach is, like Brandon Staley said, 
the leader, the guy that brings everybody together. There's only 32 of them in football, and it's their job to represent the organization the proper way. And, of course, then within that, you're representing the NFL in a special way, right? I mean, they get to go to the owners' meetings, the head coach, and be there. They're part of that group. They're held to a different standard, right? We see when we go to the owners' meeting, we haven't been there in a few years, but it's, it's the owner, the head coach, and the GM. That's all that's invited. So they're going to be held to a different standard because, yes, they are leader of, leaders of men and life coaches to a degree, and that's where this is shocking or different than any other player or anything like this, and uh, he really, I think, you know, said it well, said it perfectly. And, and generally speaking, I have come to loathe the whole whataboutism BS because that's just a way to avoid the issue that's of course on the table. It is. It's a way to right. deflect attention. It's a way to take steam out of. He's a racist, but what about that? Yeah. What about this? Yeah. What about this? Right. Who? What about him? What about him? It's and always there's a that lot of right whataboutism right. happening in the aftermath of the Gruden thing. And as with the Ring of Honor, yeah, people are saying, well, Warren Sapp's in the Ring of Honor. Antonio Brown's on the team. Richard Sherman's on the team. We saw Richard Sherman trying to break down a door in July. Yeah, but okay, none of them are the coach of the team. Yes. And I don't even like to dignify the whole whataboutism crap because it's not about truly scrutinizing the others. It's about getting the one off the hook. Right. It's about minimizing the wrongdoing of one by pointing to the wrongdoing of others. Right. And these are young men a lot of the times. And Richard Sherman, that was a personal thing with his own personal life that got brought out. This isn't, wasn't him offending people. That was between him and his wife. Period. There's no what about there. Like, shut up everybody out there without that what about crap. The easiest argument is that coaches are in a different stratosphere, that coaches are held to a higher standard. They should be held to a higher standard. Yeah, their contracts and are guaranteed. They're, they're, they get it all, no matter what. You know, there's, there's, ten, there's seven corners on every team. I, you know, that's you know, over 200 corners in the NFL. There's, there's four or five D tackles on every team. You know, there's 130 of them in the NFL. There's only 32 head coaches. It's a different standard. You're the general of the Army or the Navy when you're the head coach. You're going to be held to a different standard than the soldiers. Sorry. I mean, get over it. What the hell? I know. In our country, we've wiped that stuff under the rug now way too easily. I, I hate that what about crap. All right, let's take a break. What about prop bets for the Bucks Eagles game tonight? What we'll, about we'll them? Look at some of the. What, what about, about them? we're going to talk gambling about lines? What about it? With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Two thousand three, oh, week one, baby. Monday Night Football, the first game ever Woo, played at Joe Lincoln Financial Field. Look at the Joe Juravicious catch on the tip, the self tip to himself. Would have Man. been illegal back in the seventies. Well, no, it, it wouldn't have been illegal because he was the same one who touched it. Never mind. What's important is that's a freaky play. The right Buccaneers there. get the huge freak. win. The first game after yeah. they won Super Bowl thirty-seven. Christopher Sims. Holding the the sideline for his first NFL game at Lincoln Financial Field. You've got you. you, They can never take that away from you. You were there for the first game ever at Lincoln Financial Field when Rocky made his appearance. He had a great opening montage, and I sent you the link to it. I found it during the break. He's there wearing number twenty-two, jacked in two thousand three, and. uh, it didn't work for the Eagles. They lost. No, it did now, not. Wasn't it, wasn't it seventeen nothing? Wasn't that the final score of that game? It might have something. If I'm wrong. I know we. Well, I feel like we jumped out to a seventeen nothing lead. I just can't remember if that's how final it, score seventeen nothing. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, that was a great, amazing experience. An amazing experience. You know, of course, they played each other in the NFC Championship the year before. I was in college. The Bucks won the Super Bowl. They were the Super Bowl champs. And man, just the preparation for that game. You know, we prepared for the Eagles in the spring, all training camp. Remember, they had the great defensive coordinator, Jim Johnson. He had all these crazy blitzes. Gruden was obsessed with, we're going to pick these some of these crazy blitzes up and gash him. We did that. Warren Sapp had a really funny touchdown catch, and he did a funny dance in the end zone. And I did like it, too, because... Philadelphia and the Eagles tormented my father throughout his career whenever my dad had to go to Philadelphia and play Reggie White. So it was like a, a good time to be there and be like, yeah, eat that, Eagles fans. <laughs> we we got to move on to the prop bets. Yeah. But I, I want the truth from you. Not that you ever give me much other than the truth. Right. When you got drafted by the Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions, at some point within the first 30 minutes after you found out you were drafted by the Buccaneers, did you or did you not say to your dad, hey, Phil, I'm going to have a couple of Super Bowl rings to match yours? Uh, no, I did not. I was uh, I, I was still pissed off. It was late in the third round. <laughs> and I'd been sitting there all day and, you know, thought there was a chance I might go in the first round and got some rumors, you know, the night before that I might not. And, oh, I was pissed off. I really was. I was in no you know, mood to, to say anything. But I was excited because at the time, John Gruden, that offense was cutting edge and awesome. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get to go down there and be on that team with Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and Mike Allstott and Warren Sapp. And holy cow, this is going to be unbelievable. So I was very excited from that standpoint. What was the one pick that sent you over the edge? What was the one when you didn't get the call, you were like, I, you know, expletive, expletive, expletive? Like, okay, well, there's a few of them. I guess the Baltimore Ravens taking Kyler Bowler, okay? That one pissed me off, no joke. Like, 
He threw more interceptions. Hit the goalpost from his knees. Uh, that's from all it was about. Away. He threw more interceptions than touchdowns in college, and I was like, man. I mean, I know we didn't beat Oklahoma when I was there, but I was pretty. De- that was like, I was like, what the? And added to that. You know, I really thought the Raiders, they had the last first two the last two picks of the first round because of the trade of John Gruden to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I had a long I went out there on a visit before the draft that Al Davis and I talked a lot and I, I really came away and I know he kinda led my agent that they were thinking about me with one of those last two picks. It didn't happen and uh it was a great day and a horrible day altogether. Uh we gotta get to the prop. All right, let's but it's do always it. interesting to get get to get a little flavor of what young Christopher went through on draft day. Cause it has to be. And we, you know, we, we get desensitized to it. We see it every year, but for each individual kid, it, it's an experience unless they get taken exactly where they wanted to be exactly. taken. It's an experience like right. the one you went through. Right. All right. Tom Brady passing yards tonight. A guy who knows a thing or two about draft day experiences that did not go the way that he wanted Two ninety-eight point five over under for tonight. What do you got? Wow. I'm going to go over here. I mean, I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, I mean, you know, you look at Philadelphia and their defense. I mean, that's not a number that they give up a whole lot. I mean, they're 194 yards per game. But I do think this is a different animal, and I think the Bucks are good enough at running the ball to scare the Eagles that way too. So I'm going to go over. So many great weapons in that passing game, even without Gronk. Dicey. I'm with you over. You're going to go over. Jalen okay. Hurts. Yeah. I'm going over. Yep. Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback, rushing yards are at 43.5. Over, under. I'm going to go over here too. I, I I think he'll get to the 50s or 60s. You know, the one thing that's, you know, of course, dangerous about him, he breaks the pocket one time and he can rip off 25, 30 yards, you know, as easily as anybody in football other than Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. So uh, I'll, I'll go over. I will. I, I will, too. And, you know, the easy thing to say is, well, the Bucks are so great against the run, but this isn't running it between the tackles. Yes, exactly this is right. breaking the pocket, right. taking off. No Levante David, no Antoine Winfield. I, I think that maybe there'll be some opportunities for Hurts to, to tuck the ball away and take off. As we heard Todd Bowles at the very top of the show saying, you know, he's a great passer, and when he decides to run – He's like a running back, so I think we're going to see him over. Yeah. Chris Godwin receiving yards, 66.5 over under. It's, a, it's, it's really hard with Tampa because they spread it around, like you mentioned earlier, so easily. Um, I'm going to go over this, this night because I think they're going to be worried about protecting the outside of Antonio and Mike Evans so much that this could be a Chris Godwin night down the middle of the field. Yeah, look, I never know with Godwin. He's I know, in that franchise tough. tag year, too, so it's another contract year for him. And you never know who's going to get the looks. That's I know. the thing. Mm-hmm. There is no favorite for Tom Brady. Right. He's going to throw the ball to the open guy, and it's going to be dictated by what the defense allows, not what Tom Brady decides he's going to do. I'll, I'll just go under because I think he's going to spread it around a lot tonight, and I, I'm. it's a safer bet for any given guy that he's not going to have a big game, even though someone will. Devontae Smith receiving yards, 72.5, over, under. I'm going to go over once again. I am. I mean, he's a freak show. He's a freak show. Jamar Chase, of course, is getting a lot of the headlines as the rookie court, uh, wide receiver. We know that. But, you know, yeah, he's the go-to guy and got Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts is not that type of quarterback, at least yet. Um, but I think with the state of the Buccaneers' secondary and just the way they play defense and being aggressive at times, I think he'll get a, a few chances here to make a big play. And I, I'll go over. Not to say it's going to go crazy, but I, I think he gets close to 80, 90, maybe, maybe 100. 
without Antoine Winfield there, you know, you pop him free one time. It's all it takes is that one moment. It does, right? That one moment, and off he goes. And I'm rooting for that. So uh, my my rooting interest in seeing excitement tonight will influence my selection of over as well. Let's take a break. It's the matchup draft for all of week six when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Last night was hard for me because when I got the call from the doctors and, you know, a shoulder injury, I thought, you know, you put it back in and, you know, you'll be fine within two weeks. And, you know, our bye week was coming up. I was like, I, I can take two weeks off, you know, come back and, you know, play this, this season. And the doctor called me. He was like, hey, man, like, I think we have to, we have to do the surgery and get a second opinion. Uh, and... It said it was a season ending injury. And, you know, I sat there and I, I cried. I cried all night. I cried because like, I, I love this game so much more than anyone doing now. I know the whole social media thing and like, the whole TikTok and like dancing and all that. Like, I do it because like, it's my personality and I love it. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but football will always come first. Without football, I wouldn't be who I am today. Without football, this wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't have create or be a role model for a lot of people. Juju Smith-Schuster earlier this week speaking at a foundation event, a luau that he had after he had learned that he would not be playing again this season. His future in Pittsburgh, obviously in question. He became a free agent last year, signed a one-year deal. Now coming off of this shoulder injury, he won't play again this season. He'll be a free agent all over again. And, Chris, we were talking during the break. It won't be a surprise to me if he ends up on another one-year deal in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, that's probably why he's emotional too. I mean, yes. You know, again, he he – you know, was going all in on this year to hopefully, you know, strike it rich or be a little more rich next year with a long-term contract. So you have that reality. He does love, love football. There's no doubt. He's one of those guys, if you're around him, you could see it. You know, he's got a personality that lights up a room as soon as he walks in. I feel for him. I really do. And he's, he is, he's a football player. He's not just a receiver. He does all the dirty, gritty work too as a wide receiver and, and takes pride in it. So uh, I feel for him. That's, it's, it's tough, man. When the thing you get that you love so much gets taken away, it's, it's like losing a loved one in a lot of ways. And I'm sure he's dealing with that right now. I remember you talking about your first year when you didn't play, how hard it was to watch games. Torture. And just know that it was going on. Cried a lot um, of Sundays, definitely. I, I, I told you during the break, too, that he's the first player I ever interacted with who I realized is younger than my son. And it's yeah, been a few right. years ago. But that was kind of like a holy crap and uh i've always felt an affinity for juju and i hope that he's able to continue his career as long as he wants to but the harsh reality in the nfl is you never know how long you're going to be able to keep going especially if injuries start to pile up all right week six is upon us we do a matchup draft every thursday chris I'll give you the first pick. I'll say because I'm in a good mood, I'll give you the first pick, but I'll give you the first pick even if I was in a bad mood. You do. You're very nice that way. I really appreciate it, and I'll take it every time. No doubt about that. Um, I'll go, I'm will go. i going to go You know, a little game we haven't even hit on yet or I think it's under the radar, going to be kind of good. Pats versus Cowboys, and I want to go like Pats D-line versus Cowboys O-line because I look at that as kind of being the key to the football game. You know, uh, the, the, the Patriots, the Cowboys offense is awesome. It's awesome. There's no, there's no weak area. It's hard to think where you're going to stop them. You got no chance 
to beat them or stop their offense unless your D-line can kind of play out of this world good and at least slow the run game down to where now you can put more eggs in the we're going to stop the pass game basket. And that to me is going to go you know, a, a long ways to who decides that football game. Um, but man, the Cowboys, they're run first really, and then they force your hand and they try to gash you with the pass game. And that's going to be interesting one to watch. You know, we always are looking for the next great quarterback rivalry, and there may never be another Manning and Brady, but we're always trying to find the next one that could be up there. And we've talked already about Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. I'm not taking that one. You may take it later. I may take it later. I'm going Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. Oh. The 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 future versus the sort of future. <laughs> we we've we've seen plenty of Lamar Jackson and right. we saw plenty more from him on Monday night, but the Monday night before that we saw Justin Herbert and we've seen both of them play at a very high level. And the Chargers and the Ravens, cross-country game, two great quarterbacks who may cross paths in the playoffs, maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe the year after that. I, I think that this should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I mean, yeah, it, it's superstars right there. There's no doubt about it. You know, uh, Justin Herbert is, has reached top five quarterback in football conversation. There's no question about that. And you could maybe argue within the pocket he might be the best passer and thrower in all of football. So he's special, and we know how special Lamar is and the playmaking ability he has and how he wills his team to win games. So I'm with you there. That's a, that's a sneaky, really fun, exciting game to, on 1 o'clock on Sunday. I can't wait to watch. Um, I've checked last year. They have not played yet. They did not play each other last right, year. So right. this is the first time they have ever faced off. All right. Um, I think the next one... I'm going to go with here is um, I'm going to go Sean Desai versus Matt LaFleur in the, in the Green Bay-Chicago matchup. You know, the, the, the Green Bay Packers, they're a good football team. They're really sound and good on defense. The offense, of course, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, their patience with the run game. They always have a few good wrinkles to make a few big plays in every game. And what I really want to say is just what's Sean Desai going to have, the defensive coordinator for the Bears, to take away uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams, we know he's a hell of a player, but he's also always the guy that's put in the position to be the first read on almost every pass play. Like, we designed all this play, blah, 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 this guy's going this there, but we're going to look at Devontae first and go there. And they're not going to stop going to that well Green Bay, that is, until you take that away. And I love that about them. So I'm interested to see what he has or what he does defensively to kind of take Adams out of the football game or at least not let him go off and dominate the football game. Well, if you're going to leave Kyler and Baker on the board, I'm going to take Kyler and Baker because they have that longstanding connection. Kyler has a one nothing lead. The Browns need this one badly. The Cardinals have already exceeded any reasonable expectations yeah. for how they would start the season. It feels like it should be a correction. But then again, last week felt like it should be a correction, so... I'm, I'm going to be fascinated by this. And Murray is banged up. He's got a shoulder injury. Chandler Jones is on the COVID list. Rodney Hudson, the starting center, likely not available. So the Cardinals are going to be a little undermanned. But uh, Baker and Kyler, big brother and little brother, and little brother's been better so far, at least when they've played each other and so far this season. Yeah, definitely. It's I'm, I'm excited to watch that. I mean, it's two really good teams. I mean, you talk about stars and freaky players on a field – you know, all at the same time. Wow. 
There's a lot of them in this game, and that's what's going to be fun to watch. All the weapons we know the Cardinals have at wide receiver, Kyler Murray, I mean, the defensive side with Chandler Jones and Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker. I mean, they're superstars. They're superstars. And, of course, Cleveland with Miles Garrett and, I don't know, is Clowney playing? You know, Jadeveon Clowney and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. And, gosh, you know, their weapons and that offensive line, that is going to be an awesome game. I can't wait to watch that one. All right, I'm going to go, um, you know, old New England friends here on this one. You know, Tennessee and Buffalo, Vrabel, Mike Vrabel versus Brian Dayball. You know, last year they played, right, I think it was like uh, a Monday night game. Tuesday night game, 42-16. Yeah, to 16. Right. It was domination by the Tennessee Titans in their defense. They were one of the few teams all year that kind of stymied, you know, the Buffalo offense and Josh Allen. And, of course, there's knowledge of that system from Vrabel knowing the New England system that way. So I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out because that was one of the worst performances of the year last year for Josh Allen. And we know Tennessee's defense, it's a little all over the place. Uh, but there is knowledge of other coach and system there. Uh, so I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out and what Vrabel can do maybe to take away you know, some of the big plays from that Bills offense. I was going to take one from that game. I'll take something else, but I was going to say Derrick Henry versus whoever in the Bills defense gets in his way because we <laughs> yeah. saw what he did last year to Josh <laughs> right. Norman right. when Norman got in his <laughs> way. And great. I still think we take, we take Derrick Henry for granted. 100%. I, I mean, the, the, what the guy's doing is historic, and he once had 46 rushing attempts in a game at Alabama. I remember when he was drafted, one of the knocks on him, as it happens with plenty of Alabama running backs, they get beat up by Nick Saban. They got nothing left. Well, he's got plenty, plenty. and he just keeps going, and it is phenomenal. And let's not take this guy for granted because you never know how long he's going to be able to keep doing it. All right, I will go... Chase Young versus Patrick Mahomes. Oh, we saw you. Young get his first sack of the season. Mahomes, you know, the magic, for whatever reason, isn't at the level that it used to be. And we saw him run away from Nick Bosa in Super Bowl 54. I'm going to be curious to see if Chase Young gets around the edge, can Mahomes run away from him the way he ran away from Bosa? This is a good litmus test to see whether or not Mahomes still has that mobility that, that allowed him to keep plays alive for so long and make those spectacular throws. Is it still there yeah. after he had that toe surgery? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. I, that, that definitely was one that was on my radar, too. Because, again, Chase Young needs to be better, too, plain and simple. I mean, I mean it, you know, right now, when you look at guys that disrupt the quarterback, I, I'd go Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen disrupt the quarterback more than Chase Young. So he's got to step it up, and he's going to be going against Orlando Brown there. And, of course, that defensive line, their defense is not good. So if they want to win that game, their defensive line is going to have to make a few plays to disrupt Mahomes. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Let's take a break. When we return, Lamar Jackson, very happy with an official, unlike what we usually hear from players who are unhappy. We'll tell you why he's so happy when PFT Live concludes right after this. Clark, Mr. Clark, Mr. Clark, I appreciate that call. I remember his name. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That was that was a pretty dope call, and it was fair too, cause they hit me in the face. Now it wasn't like it was a BS call or nothing like that. Um, but it was dope to get one. It was definitely dope. Lamar Jackson shouting out the ref who called roughing the passer on Darius Leonard on Monday night, and here's what's amazing. The 
fact that Lamar Jackson had not drawn a roughing the passer penalty since the 2019 season. He didn't draw a single one all of last year or the first four weeks of this year. Right. And they called roughing the passer. And, uh, you know, he, he I, I think that what happens with him is what happened with Cam Newton, where yeah. we view them as indestructible. So when we see them take a hit, we don't view it the same way as when we see somebody who we don't view as indestructible taking a hit. That that doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't. The officials are responsible for applying the rules evenly to all quarterbacks under all circumstances. Chris. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, there is. There's definitely a, a difference in the way games are called. There's uh, the, the typical pocket passer who seems to can't get out of his own way gets more of those calls, in my opinion, than the guy who, yes, can get out of the pocket, but when he's still in the pocket, he doesn't get the same calls, and that's not fair. Definitely not. If you breathe on Matt Ryan, you draw a 15-yard penalty. It's no doubt. See you tomorrow. Have a See good ya. day. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.